Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway does not know my name and I don't care No, no I don't, don't care, care. Heading my way for another place And I got three good tires and a spare Right to the hook, right here Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Budget live, not so live. We're not live right now. This is not live. But welcome to the low budget live bar and bunker. That is the same song that we start with every week, and that is a song that I wrote that is very near and dear to my heart called Biloxi Blues. Some of you in the comments sometimes are like, "Please change the song." And we might one day. I got a lot of songs. We might change it up. But but Biloxi Blues has kind of just become the, the, the low budget life thing. It's the low budget life thing. So that's a song written and recorded by me. If you are new to the low budget live, not so live podcast, and if you are new to the family, you are now a low lifer. Like it or not, whether you enjoy this fine program or not, you are now a low lifer. So congratulations, because that's what we call the listeners of the low budget live and low budget live, not so live podcast. Thank y'all for stopping in. This is the podcast for August 3rd, 2020. And you heard that correctly. August. Whew, we're in August now. It, it is uh it's the year that won't quit, man. It's the year that won't quit. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine earlier this week, a good friend of mine, and I said, I feel like we all have this, I don't know, like inside of all of us, we have like this internal clock, I feel like, with this when a year's bad or things are going wrong, that like that next year's going to be, you know, when it clicks over. And And with all this insanity we got going in the world – I don't know if it's going to click click into 2021 and just be better, you know? I was talking to a good friend of mine about that. You know, will tournaments be any different in 2021? Will sporting events be any different in 2021? Because of all the hysteria and, and uh, you know, seriousness that comes with some of this corona stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's a wild time. So, in August, so not too many months left in this uh, in this crazy year. And, you know, I remember thinking back in March, oh, man, if we can just get to June, like the summertime will, will, will make this craziness go away. And that's just not been the case. We are, we are definitely adapting, I feel like, as a, uh, as a country into what we need to be doing. Um, and I feel like we're, we're doing it well in a lot of situations, you know, and, and trying to get things back online and going. So August, August 2020. So 
Welcome. Glad to see you. I can't really see you, but I'll see you in the comments later if you're on the YouTubes. If you're listening on Spotify and iTunes, I appreciate you. It's been a big week. We are over 150,000 downloads on uh, those platforms there. And this week, this week, and it may not sound like a big deal to some of you, but to this little old country boy from Tennessee, it's a very big deal. We went over 10,000 subscribers on Luke Duncan's Traveling Circus YouTube channel. And I can't thank each and every one of you. I try to do it every week, but I can't thank of y'all, thank y'all enough for that. Can't thank you enough for the love in the Show Up and Shut Up series presented by Six Sense. Me versus Stupid Dumb Darian. And we got it done again this week. If you haven't watched that, spoiler alert. But I'm up 3-1, baby. 3-1. Hopefully we can close our own out this week. And then we're just going to start another one. We're just going to start another. We're having so much fun with those. But actually, Darian just sold his boat, so it's fixing to get interesting. But uh, <laughs> what we're going to do. But going to try to close it out. We're going uh, – he's getting to pick the lakes from now on. He says it's like serving in tennis. Match point. So here we go. This week, uh, I don't know what the rules are going to be. I don't know what we're going to do. But uh, really appreciate everybody that watched that, commented on that, having a lot of fun with those. And certainly, certainly appreciate Six Cents for putting that on. Just like I appreciate the fine folks from StarTron and StarBright Solutions. StarTron kicking ethanol in the teeth, getting it out of your weed eater, getting it out of your chainsaw, getting it out of your pickup truck, getting it out of your outboard engine, because nothing ruins a bad, a, nothing ruins a good day on the water like StarTron. Uh, dang, I, saw, I read it wrong. Nothing ruins a good day on the water. Damn. I was reading, I was, I, I had to do a voiceover ad for them this week and I nailed it. I nailed it. And it is nothing. It was their tagline. I was trying to slide it in here on Low Budget Live. Damn, y'all, y'all, uh, I, that's why I should never try to read something that somebody else writes. Uh, nothing ruins a good day on the water like ethanol. And an engine that won't crank. So that's why we use StarTron. But uh, <laughs> I said, nothing ruins a good day on the water like StarTron. I mean, that would be so if you drank it, right? It ain't going to ruin your day if you pour it in your gas tank. So uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm getting lots of videos from y'all shaking the StarTron bottles and sending those in and tagging me when you buy it and, uh, and support people that do support the Luke Duncan fishing, Luke Duncan traveling circus universe, Luke Duncan's low budget life. So I really do appreciate that very much. So thank you so much to, uh, to those folks, <laughs> man. This is why I was never a, uh, a guy, I guess that did voiceovers for commercials. I just knew I would screw it all up, but, uh, start trying. All right, moving on, moving on. What I, I'm telling you, I'm going to call this section, uh, the, Ultimate. This is the ultimate. Like if this was one of those sports shows, you'd flash up the title at the bottom of this segment. But this is in the ultimate mom's basement internet troll ever news. I don't know if y'all saw this or not, but Garmin International, not just Garmin makers of LiveScope, uh, and other fine products, but Garmin International had all their software stuff from their uh, like fitness apps and and uh, Active Captain apps that you work through to update your uh, electronics and things. They had it all hacked by a Russian hacker. It's like something out of a movie. And in this mom's basement. He's probably a little bit more advanced than Miles Basement. Held it all ransom for $10 million. Now, it is it is against uh, the law in the United States to negotiate with said uh, web terrorist. So they didn't pay it, but they were able to reconfigure some things and, and get it back online. Garmin is a multi-billion dollar company you know, huge company. And, and this goes on. These, these internet pirates uh, do this a lot from what I've read, but it, it affected us this week. Garmin is crazy. I, I, I talked to a couple of people there that had to deal with that. And, and uh, holy cow, man, uh, something y'all may not have heard about. If you, you weren't paying attention to that, you missed it. But uh, yeah, that affected uh, even, even our little fishing world. But in Garmin, um, they, they were able to get through it, but it was a hairy few days there. Hairy few days. But uh, 
holy crap. I mean, you got to be, that's, that is, that's like something out of a, that is, that's like something out of a, a James Bond movie or something. And, and, you know, I, me and the triple threat, me and the triple threat, we've been watching, uh, a lot of 90 day fiance. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this, people. And I don't know if y'all watch 90 Day Fiance, but it's where these people fall in love with people from all over the world. They meet them on the internet, and, and then they get them a, a visa to come here, and they only got 90 days to get married, or the person has to go back. But there's a lot of Russians on that show. These, these, these dudes pick out these, these Russian chicks, and, uh, and, you know, and they're always like, all the Russian women are just like, I love America. So good to be here. <laughs> and they never smile or anything. So that's all I've thought about through the Russian attack on Garmin was a 90-day fiancé. And there's probably just some old dude that's just mad that some sugar mom over here in the United States didn't scoop him up and bring him over here. So he, 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 he hates us because he ain't us, you know? <laughs> Did you ever on a bass fishing-ish podcast think that you would hear a 90 day fiance reference i don't care i don't care it is the ultimate and trash amazing reality television and we've been hooked on it watched all five seasons lately there's nothing else to do ladies and gentlemen 90 day fiance if you haven't watched it prepare to have your mind blown by some of the craziest people you've ever witnessed but a lot of dudes get russian brides and if the triple threat ever leaves me, you heard it here first. I'm probably going to do that. I mean, dude, you show up, you you bring you bring say say you go over there and, and like get get you get you a, get you a lady from Thailand. She sees a bass boat, dude. You could tell her it's a cruise ship. She ain't even gonna know the difference. She's over there working, living in her little village. You roll up over there with a bass boat, pff, game over. She'll love you forever, man. These these American women don't even know how good they got it. <laughs> oh, th- there's more to talk about than this. I'm just really enjoying myself, guys. We actually had this conversation today. We had this conversation today. And, uh, and the triple threat decided she is going to the Dominican Republic to replace me, and I'm either going Russia... Or I'm going, you know, just somewhere where somebody's going to be loyal, you know, (laughs) and appreciate you. (laughs) She'll kill me when she listens to this. We had this conversation today, though. Really funny at my house. Uh, The things that they get talked about. That's for sure. So. Anyways, enough enough about that. I'm sure there'll be 57 comments. We came here to hear about bass fishing, not TLC reality TV program. Well, you know what? You got both today. And you're welcome. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Moving on. Moving on. Man, huge week in bass fishing. Uh, lots going on. And uh, we're fixing to hit a hit a, kind of a break. I think MLFLW fishes again here pretty quick, but uh, Bassmasters fixing to be on a break. Of course, BPTs, whoosh, they're done, done. But uh, Mississippi River, keep on keep on shining on me. MLFLW Super Tournament, four hundred and nineteen thousand boats, Stoddard and Lacrosse, Wisconsin. I actually think it was 201 boats to be exact. Had a few guys not show up this week. And the legend, Mississippi River legend, Tom Monsoor won it. Legend. I don't know if there's ever been a local dominate in, in tournaments on, on their home body of water in the country like Tom has up there. I mean, you got guys in, in different pockets, and there's always the guy. Man, he's been the guy for so long up there. When we were up there in 2000 and whatever, 17, 16, I talked about that last week, he, he didn't win. He didn't win up there. Uh, he had actually, But he actually won the Potomac that, that year when we went to the Potomac. But uh, – Dude is just like making his own swim jigs, and he's really super dialed into what's going on there. And it was a super tough event, 
but I was glad to see it. And I think even Jacob Wheeler, who I think has gills at this point, I'm not sure what's going on there. He probably has to drink G-Juice to replace his slime coat and probably sleeps in a live well. Like, I, I don't know. I figured he was going to win it. I think everybody else did too. The guy just needs to – it's like I said about Jordan Lee, like, just quit. Just quit now. So crazy. But I thought it was cool on stage. I got to watch a little bit of the weigh-in, and Jacob, uh, you know, kind of bowed down to Tom when he came up on stage. Really cool. Because Tom is a super well-respected dude up there in those parts and uh, and on tour. Uh, but, you know, there was a couple cool stories that came out of that event. Zach Burge, I thought, was going to make a run at it. Came up a little short. Burge made the top ten. Saw several BPT guys in the top ten this time. David Walker, uh, Cody Meyer, my buddy Cody, and, uh, of course, Jacob Wheeler. Tyler Stewart had a big event up there. And uh, it was it was interesting to see who did well. There were a lot of BPT guys that cut checks, which, you know, is what it is. Does that keep FLW guys from getting checks? Yes, it's still controversial. I've talked to some FLW people, uh, FLW friends of mine that are not happy. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens if those guys go back and fish that again next year, talking about the FLW faithful, if all of them show back up. Because the BPT guys are going to be allowed in again next year. I don't know how many BPT guys actually fish it. You know, you still had some. Uh, a lot of the big, bigger, biggest names didn't show up because of sponsor obligations, or as I like to call it, vacation. Uh, or as I like to call it, just nothing. <laughs> they weren't doing anything, just not there. Uh, and then Brian Thrift didn't show up this week, which I, I'm not sure what's going on with that because Brian will fish for a bass in a mud puddle or uh, on the Great Lakes or wherever. He doesn't care, but uh, he wasn't there. So I don't know what was going on with Thrifty this week, but I noticed he was not in the field. Um, but all in all, some, some pretty cool storylines. The coolest one, other than Tom winning – Coolest one to me, and Wheeler, of course, just dominating the sport. The coolest story, Cody Meyer, love Cody. Cody's super, super good dude. And Cody caught him pretty good the first day. Second day, hits something, a rock pop. There's plenty, of, well, we talked about this last week, plenty of stuff to hit on the Mississippi River. Plenty of stuff to hit. Hits something, destroys his lower unit. Prop chap, prop, whole nine. Gets in the boat with Justin Lucas, who just won up at Sturgeon Bay, BPT. Justin puts him in the boat, puts his fish in the boat. FLW has a rule, and I believe Bass has the same rule, that if the other angler that picks you up allows you to fish, you can so, Cody has two fish when he gets in with, the way I understand it, has two fish when he gets in with Lucas. And before the end of the day, catches a couple, has four for like nine. And he made a video, hey, I'm going to end up getting a check because of this, thanks to Justin Lucas. He ends up making the cut, not just getting a check, making the top 50 cut, then gets his motor fixed. Then catches them on day four, makes the freaking top ten, and ends up doing really well in the event. That that is to me what separates bass fishing from other sports, right there. That kind of story, that kind of sportsmanship. Even though you're you're beating your heads against the wall trying to get a check on a stingy river, you you pick up your brother, and then after the event, Justin went and towed him in. You don't see that. As much in other in other sports, man, it's uh, it's really cool that that's how our our sport is. I have a Tom Monsoor story <laughs> that I have to share. In two thousand and fifteen, I believe it was. I think it was fifteen. No, two thousand and thirteen. I fished as a co angler in an FLW tour event on Smith Lake in Alabama. Day one, I draw Monsoor, back when they had co-anglers, back before I qualified to fish as a pro over there in 2016 when I did all that. But anyways, I fished with Tom. Tom's got four rods on the deck. They all got the same jig on them, <laughs> Smith and March. Okay? 
looks like this is what we're going to be doing today. He he didn't have a good day at all. He uh, he lost fish, missed fish, and he told me straight up that morning. We're sitting there, we're idling around. He goes, "You'll get a limit, no problem." It's like my co angler buddy's been kicking my butt in practice. You're going to catch him. Going to be a fun day, and you know we all know how that goes. So it it, it didn't go well for him, and I ended up catching a spot almost four pounds. And another one, I think I had two two fish, but it put me in decent shape because it was it was pretty tough. And it's getting later in the day, later in the day, later in the day. And they had been somewhere else, and I forget where that was. But but anyways, Tom's like, we got we gotta go. Okay. And of course, my phone's up all day long. Can't be on your phone. My phone's up. We go running into weigh-in and we pull in. He tosses me the keys. I go get the truck. And I, as I'm backing down, I'm looking and I'm like, wait a second, what time is it? We were doing it like at, at like 3.30, whatever. His GPS clocks were on Eastern time and we came in an hour early. <laughs> an hour early. And when I like I backed the trailer down and of course we've already checked in and I said, dude, it's only 2.30. He's like, what? I said, dude, we, we got an hour left to fish, man. And it was kind of cold. They were biting in the afternoon. He's like, are you kidding me? So he goes and asks Bill, can we go back? Of course you can't, you know, once you're in, you're in. But uh, that's my Tom Monsoor story. <laughs> I fished with Tom one time. That was, uh, that was the experience, <laughs> fishing with Tom. <laughs> that and Tom always took his uh, lab his yellow lab uh, with him everywhere, and the damn thing would bark like the entire time he was running anywhere. And you could always tell when he was close. And I felt really sorry for some marshals and co-owners. I'm a dog lover, dog nut. But listen to that dog barking here all day long. Whoo la, whoo la. Uh, super happy for Tom, though, that he got it done up there on the Mississippi. His home waters. Got to uh, win him 100K up there. That's pretty dang cool. Pretty dang cool. Uh, MLFLW also had a Toyota Series event this week on my home lake, which I'm embarrassed to say it's my home lake anymore because it sucks so bad. But Wheeler Lake and Kip Carter from Georgia brought a tunnel hole aluminum boat and kicked them boys' butts. And uh, it was it was cool to see how he broke it down because it's been fishing really tough. And, and he actually put up some really good weight, like uh, 13 the first day, 13 the second day, and then 15 the last day. But what was astonishing to me is in this division, same division that uh, they went to Ufala uh, for their first tournament down there, and that Josh Stracer, who's having a heck of a year, won that one. And they only had 85 boats in that one. Right, and that was the first one in the southeastern division. At Wheeler, they had sixty-one boats. The first day, Big Bass paid fifty-seven dollars. It only paid like fifteen or sixteen places overall, and like sixteenth place, and fifteenth place, and fourteenth place. You didn't even get your entry feedback. I just think that that was a bad move splitting up those Toyotas, Costas, Everstarts, whatever you want to call them. You know, we had they split them up into more divisions, and I think it's real clear that it that it hurt. For sure, because in the other divisions, they haven't been full either so far. So, um, the high, oof. but that's the overwhelming theme for that one. I wanted to fish the thing, but man, that's just not that ain't worth throwing you $1,700. And if you got to finish like fifth or better to uh, to win any money whatsoever, that's just that's piss poor. So, um, yeah, but shout out to Kip for that. And, you know, the other overwhelming theme from that event for me was how pitiful Wheeler Lake is overall. It's in bad shape. Our um, the, the state of Alabama, in my opinion, needs to do something about it. It used to be one of the most heralded lakes in the country. It's in between Gunnersville and, of course, Wilson and Pickwick. And it does have big bass. It does have a lot of bass still. The smallmouth fishing has started really coming back in the last few years. But there are no largemouth uh, in, in any numbers anymore. And something killed all the grass. But for the last 10 years, it's really been on a slow decline. And this summer in particular has been absolutely one of the worst ones weight-wise in tournaments I can ever remember. And there needs to be some kind of restocking program. Something needs to happen 
to Wheeler Lake. It's it's uh it's really sad to see, but um like I said, Kip Kip really put together a cool game plan and was able to pull it off on him twenty grand for it and off to the races. There you go. There you go. And last but not least this week. No guest this week, by the way. I wanted to just I just wanted to uh send it. Just send it myself this week one more time. Uh and here's why. This is why I'm not having any guests. These guys have fished their freaking tails off for two weeks, especially the Bassmaster guys. Then you had the MLFLW Super Tournament. Those guys have fished their brains out all week. Next week, I'm going to have guests back on um, and and hopefully get uh, Brandon Polinick on and Chris Johnson and maybe do a super show. I don't know. But but I want to just do another one. I didn't want to bother anybody. As I, I record this on, on a Sunday afternoon, the Elite Series just wrapped at Champlain. Huge congrats to Brandon Polinick and Seth Fighter and David Mullins and Kobe Krieger and Brock Mosley for making another top 10, Corey Johnston, Jamie Hartman for fishing a hell of a tournament this week. But huge congrats to Brandon Polinick for putting on a show. They all put on a show today. Mullins got some bad breaks. Seth fishes guts out all week and just got they just got beat. Brandon had a phenomenal day and it was just his day. You could just you could see it unravel and I was texting with Ron Moore, big Ron, and texting with Zona a little bit. And you could just see and f- you could just feel it happening. And the coverage was truly some of, to me, as far as drama and how tight it was in the standings was some of the best coverage that I've seen and in my opinion, we'll go down as one of the coolest Bassmasters ever. If you missed it on ESPN2, you missed it. You missed it. Because I, I I was glued to it today. Couldn't stop watching it. But of course, you know, I consider Brandon a dear friend. I consider himself a fighter friend. David Mullen's a friend. Kobe Krieger is a friend. Goes way back. And, I, and all these guys, your heart pours out for them because, like, I want Seth to desperately hoist his first uh, full full field Elite Series trophy and the big check. Uh, Kobe Krieger is a veteran who has kicked butt and took names for way, 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 way too many years to not have an Elite Series trophy. And it was so fun getting to see him on live the last couple days, especially yesterday. He really got to showcase who Kobe is yesterday. It was awesome, but awesome footage of Kobe. And then David Mullins is a guy who I've known for a long time. He's a Tennessee boy. You get what what you see with David. He is uh, an absolute talent as an angler and just has never hit that break. And I really thought, and I texted with him last night, I really thought this was this was his tournament because with the weather the way it was shaping up and everything i really thought that that david would get it done today and david had the opportunities he lost some freaking big ones today which happens when you're throwing a crankbait with smallmouth but he fished a great event great event awesome on camera uh but but in the end brandon has this Huge school of better than average Champlain smallmouth, and that is key. I fished there several times, and there's a lot of three pounders in that place. There's a lot of three and a half pounders, but it's that three and a half to three and three quarter. And Lord help you if you can get some four pounders, it takes that to win there. And there's not a big difference in that. It, it, it's it's crazy, and it comes down to finding a school of them. Sometimes finding the certain area that the, they're weighing a little heavier in. It's a it is a they they kept touching on this on Bassmaster Live that it is a you're watching them. They just smashed them all week. It, it, it Champlain showed out 
it absolutely showed out. From Seth Fighter catching big, largemouth the first two days on a jig, like the coverage was great. Jamie Hartman smashing smallmouth on a Carolina rig, uh, catching some big largemouth as well. And then, you know, pollen it, catching smallmouth on a drop shot, utilizing his electronics to the max. Really cool stuff. And then today, like Seth switching it up, throwing a crankbait. Mullins throwing a crankbait. Kobe Krieger throwing a spook, catching two at a time today, losing losing a big one like that. But uh, so many different techniques played, so many different techniques, but it showcased what a great fishery Champlain is. It is a terrible tournament lake if you're in the tournament. <laughs> it's a fun one to watch. If you were there, there's no place on earth. St. Clair can be like this too. Those northern fisheries, as, as a rule, can be this way because it's really hard to make up ground. Like if you got 16 the first day, you bury yourself because it's so hard to catch that 20-pound bag to jump you up in the standings. So hard to cull those three-and-a-half-pounders. And my rookie year on the FLW Tour in 2016, I had like 15 pounds the first day, caught truly 100 bass, sight fishing smallmouth, a blast. First time I'd ever been there, and it's a super intimidating lake. It's huge. Uh, but me and my co-angler, but we smashed them. And I'm weighing every one of them. You know, I got like 15 pounds. Come into the weigh and I'm like 100th. Or whatever, 85th, 90th, I don't remember. But I, I I remember having like just we're laughing and high-fiving and what fishing's all about, and then you get to the weigh-in, and then you're just, you're just pissed. You're sl- – I mean, I'm just like – like you zeroed. And catching 15 pounds there is almost a gimme a lot of the times. And I was so mad. And I remember calling, calling my wife that night, and she's just like, what is your deal – you caught them really, you know, and I'm like, no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. And, and truly, 16 pounds, 16 and a half, that's the check cut that year. 17 made the top 20 cut. So the difference is the half pound average on those fish. And <laughs> it's so hard to do. And she's like, well, you're basically in a 50-way tie for the check, you know, and it is. It's that close. So it is a such a frustrating place. So for the guys that – didn't make the cut there. It's not that they didn't catch them. They all caught them. It's a matter of getting dialed in, getting fortunate, you know, getting fortunate on this um, little bit heavier fish, you know. But such a fun event. And truly, like I say, I think could go down as one of the coolest Bassmasters, especially with the storyline. Paul Nick. He made the absolute one trillion percent right decision. I feel like you, you could not have him and Swindle both the timing of them going back to bass. Him, he, he had a top 10 at the St. John's River. Now he's got a win. He had a top 10 last week at the St. Lawrence River. He's catching them. And for him, and he said it on stage. That moment, that trophy, that that not knowing what everybody else has got, that gut feeling that you're really doing well for five big ones, and that's what he missed. So he, without a doubt, without a doubt, made the right decision. And now you look at everything going on on the other side, and they're fishing FLWs and It's just a clued-up mess, and they made the right move. There's going to be some other guys make that same move next year. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. There's going to be some guys, because the contracts are null and void. I was told that this week for BPT. If you're swindling pollen, do you try to go and get your money back? (laughs) Um. That $25,000 a year thing's gone now. So you're going to see some guys moving and shaking. I really believe that. But I think for Brandon personally, and this is what he talked about when he came on the podcast originally about his decision, it's what it was about for him. It was about those moments. It was about getting back to his – he's a Bassmaster dude through and through. And it was really cool to see him hoist a trophy. 
He's got several wins now. And anybody, anybody, anybody that thinks that field over there is inferior or don't catch them, you ain't keeping up very much. You ain't keeping up very much. They're smashing. Those dudes are catching them. Because you look at a guy like Swindle, he's having a rough year. And it's just a testament to the young guys that are over there and the guys that, um, you know, aren't on a lot of fishing fans' radar because they hadn't been following them for 15 years. They're smashing them over there, man. They're smashing them. And it's the same as FLW. Same as the FLW guys you've never heard of that, that you know, occupy a lot of those check spots fishing against 50-whatever of the BPT guys. There, there's a lot of great fishermen in this country, and just because – their name's not Van Dam or Swindle or or whoever, you know. Fans don't necessarily know them, but man, if you if you're watching, you're missing out on some you're missing out on some fun stuff. That's for sure. Um, that is for dang sure. For those of you that are new to the show, this right here, this right here, I'll tell the story real quick. Uh, because it's it's been it's been a little while since I got this, but this little butterfly right here is very important to me. I have people come in every now and then wanting to know what it is, and I can tell that they're new to the program. This butterfly, my mother, uh, passed away October twentieth last year. Talk about her a lot, miss her a lot, and she loved butterflies. She raised butterflies at her house, her and my dad. And I talk about I've talked about that several times, but after she passed away, I got a I got a package in the mail from a bee pollenic. And Brandon sent me this. Brandon sent me this with a very nice, nice note. And uh it's something I'll always cherish and it meant a lot to me and it still does, and it always sits right here next to me on the low budget live bar and grill. And that is a testament to we we can talk. You can talk wolves and sheep. You can talk MLF versus bass. But the greatest thing about this sport is, just like I said with the Justin Lucas-Cody Meyer incident, is most of the people are really freaking great people, and it is a family. It's a family divided at times, but it is a family at the core. And stuff like, like this right here, that's what makes guys like Brandon Polnick. It doesn't matter if he ever catches another smallmouth pass to me. doesn't matter where he fishes. I'll always pull for that guy. Always. So, huge congrats to him and Tiff. We're going to try to get BP on here soon. I'm sure he'll do the, uh, the podcast radio interview gamut this week, talking about his drop shot. He's talking about X-Zone lures. I'm not familiar with those. You can drop a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. If you've ever fished those little, I think he said the slammer or something, little X zone lures, little soft plastics. Never fished those. Never fished those. I thought it was all about the flat nose Berkeley Max scent flat worm or whatever. That's the greatest bait of all time for smallmouth, apparently. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he man, he was he was smacking them on that thing today. The X zone lures. Um, so very cool. I'm sure it'll be on his YouTube channel. It'll be great. It'll be great. But. Uh, I think that bass, you know, I talked about it was in limbo. There were anglers upset about going to New York. And I think once the dust settled, the guys that were pissing and moaning, not wanting to go, probably shut their mouths because uh, they were two great events. They were well-needed events, I think, for the entire sport. I think that they were uh, much-needed events for Bassmaster because they haven't got to fish a lot this year. But to be showcased on ESPN2 has been pretty freaking awesome, and I don't care which side of the fence you're on and anything. If you don't think that wasn't good for the sport of bass fishing, you're wrong, unless you're like a mad soccer fan, because bass fishing was on, and there were some of those comments. But it was cool, man, and it, it's just easy. It, we're, we're lazy as a society, but I love being able to just in my dang, uh, you know, in my comfy clothes, get on the couch, pop up the big screen, and I got ESPN2 right there. Boom. That's fun. So it's been really cool. The guys did a great job. Great job. And uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, I did not get to watch, for, for two reasons, I didn't get to watch as much of the Super Tournament live coverage. Um, 
with Todd Hollowell and and um, and Travis and Marty Stone. I didn't get to watch as much of that. Marty, I only talk about BPT Angler Stone. I had a lot of people send me that. I don't know if that's the case or not. Um, but I didn't get to watch as much of that event just because the ease of watching ESPN2. And they were catching the crap out of them, and the Mississippi River was stingy. And I don't, like I said, I don't really like that place. So I didn't pay as much attention to that. Oh, before I forget, a lot of you reached out to me about this. Got to scratch my nose. My nose is itching. Uh, Keith Boucher. I meant to talk about this at the first. This is what happens when I don't write stuff down. ADD. Keith, Keith, Keith. A lot of y'all sent me this. A lot of people have had questions about this. I'll tell you what I, what I think, which is what I think you want to know when you send me stuff. Keith Boucher. He was... He had like 13 pounds the first day at the Mississippi River and disappeared off the stands for day two. He was disqualified. He was disqualified. He was disqualified for kind of a bizarre, weird rule. I got a lot of opinions on this. Keith Boucher, and I appreciate all of you that reached out. A lot, a lot of people reached out about this. Uh, and I hadn't heard it, honestly, until people started sending it to me on Instagram. But Keith runs an aluminum boat an aluminum ranger i believe no or triton aluminum triton on uh on the bpt it's what, what he runs all the time well he showed up at lacrosse with a smaller aluminum boat with a smaller engine probably so he could get in and out of some areas that guys couldn't get into with big fiberglass boats if i'm guessing it was probably for an advantage i think he said it wasn't okay whatever um if you show up with a small boat with a 90 horse, you're probably trying to get into somewhere that, you know, most people can't, I would think. Because they're a play- my 520L is not going into places you can get a small aluminum boat with a 90. But anyways, FLW has a rule, and it's the John Cox rule. That's what I like to call it. It's John Cox rule. They can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's John Cox rule. John Cox won on the Red River. Infamous tournament. If you've never seen it, he like pushed his boat through a culvert. <laughs> it's incredible. But it was he was in a little crest liner that he owned, and it had like a 90 on it, and I think he fished the entire trail out of it. Anyways, he wins. But a lot of people complain, hey, this is not cool. And so FLW has a minimum horsepower rating. They say it's for safety. I, I don't disagree with this. Minimum horsepower rating of 150. Keith Pochet paid his entry fee, I think. I think the BPT guys are paying entry fees. There are some rumors they're not in FLW. I don't know. Personally, don't really care. Uh, but he paid an entry fee into an FLW. He didn't read the rules. Didn't read the rules. So is the rule weird? Yes. Um, can he – does he have the right to – gripe and complain and make videos and say, I'll never fish another FLW again or whatever. I saw the video. He was, he was mad in the heat of the moment. Um, no, read the rules, dummy. I mean, that's my, that's my thing with it. Read the rules. If you're in any event, you better know the rules. They ask you sign waivers saying you read and understand the rules and every tournament you ever fish pretty much. So read the rules. You know, they let him fish the first day. It's probably crazy at boat check. Nobody probably noticed it. Somebody po- protested him, and they DQ'd him. That's how things work. But you got to read the rules. Whether you agree with the rule or not, you got to read the rules. Now, I'll say this. You know, Bassmaster has a has a rule uh, where you have to start the season and end the season in the same boat, you know, barring, barring a, an emergency, mechanical issues, whatever. And what that rule is there for is so – if I'm if I if I Luke have a super cool tunnel hole Ot Defoe aluminum boat and and a cool bass boat and another aluminum boat, uh, I can't pick and choose which event I want to use those. You know, uh, I get the rule. I get the rule because they try to create a level playing field, level playing field, and I'm and that's pretty much what FLW is trying to do with that rule as well. Um, it's high risk, high reward to run a boat like that. And that's what I would say for Keith, like running a boat with a 90, like you're stuck to wherever you're going. You can't move around as much as a guy with a 250. Um, but 
you know, it, it is an unfair advantage if you've got access to an aluminum boat and another guy doesn't. Just like Kip Carter just won the Toyota Series out of a 15-year-old tunnel hole that he's got, that he's had forever, and, uh, and that's, you know, that's what he wanted. And it definitely helped him in his victory. Not everybody's got access to one of those. I think Bassmaster actually, um, I'm not sure what the rule is after I won a couple out of tunnel holes. I think they might have changed that. And, and rightfully so. I get it. Not everybody's got one. Not everybody's got one. You know, used to, you could you could show... I had a jet drive. I actually sold it because you can't use them in any kind of tournaments anymore, really. Uh, I used to fish BFLs years ago out of a jet drive. Little jet drive. And I get it. I get it. Not everybody's got one. So now, FLW's rules, 150 minimum. But yeah, a lot of people sent me that. You know, I, I just think you got to read the rules. You got to know the rules. You know, somebody from FLW... Probably should have caught it day one, but there's a lot going on at a blast off of 200 boats, Lord knows, in the dark. So nobody probably noticed it, and somebody probably didn't know the rule, you know. But uh, I do think it's funny, though, to be if you're a BPT guy and that's what you're doing, and Keith does well over there. He catches them over there uh, better than he did at Bassmaster. He catches them over there, I feel like. And he caught them on the MLF, the TV show, too. But I feel like if you're a BPT guy, it's very strange. And I'll never fish another FLW event. Well, it's kind of one and the same. <laughs> They're the same now. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, forgot to mention that in the beginning. That was that was something that a lot of you wanted me to talk about. And I, that's just where I'm at with it. I, I think the rule is, you know, the minimum's a little – it's a little strange because – you do limit, you know, Steve Kennedy, I think he had a 90 on a bass tracker forever on the FLW Tour for real back in the day. He used to take my money in, in BFLs in it all the time. I think it was a 90. It might have been a 115. But, you know, it, there's a safety thing. You don't want to be at St. Lawrence River and something like that when it's blowing, but that's kind of on you. It's high risk, high reward. You might be able to slide somewhere nobody else can get. So I, I, I get all points on it. I understand he was mad. He was catching them. He was probably going to make the cut, have a chance at a top 10 there, I'm sure, fishing out of the boat. But got to read the rules, plain and simple. Got to read the rules. Just like um, I I was asked yesterday, somebody said, does FLW have a rule against culling a dead fish? And they don't. They don't. They never have. I think somebody said that uh, somebody culled one yesterday. Um that was that was trying to die or was dead, and uh, that's that's not against their rules. It never has been. I know it is with bass, and I, I think it is with several tournament organizations. I know even uh, Miss Kay and the Alabama Bass Trail down here. They they you can only weigh in one dead one, and you can't cull, and that's that's intense. So it makes you makes fish care, and nobody wants to. Nobody's out here trying to kill fish, and nobody wants to have to throw one back. But when you're in a pressure cooker situation of course you're going to call one if you can and it's not against the rules now is that ethical unethical well of course not you don't want to throw a dead one and now a lot of states have laws against it so i don't know uh but that's something i'm sure will change as mlf you know um they're definitely the um i forget what the tagline is something about the future or you know enhancing the sport or whatever and uh, all the fish care stuff, I'm sure that one will get changed because it's came up a couple times recently. You know, it came up at Chickamauga. Jason Reyes called a dead one, then heard some stuff from the, up there too. So, you know, it's a bad look. It's a bad look, but it's been going on forever. It just, it just never was spelled out. It just never was written. So that'll get changed, I'm sure, for next year. Have no doubt. They've got one more event going into there at Sandusky. Regular season event, and then they have the title event, they're calling it, at Sturgeon Bay. I forget how many guys go to that. No Forcewood Cup, of course, and uh, the BPT guys don't qualify for the title event at Sturgeon Bay. And I think they're going MLF style in that, every fish counts. I'm pretty sure. Maybe wrong. It was like that the first year, but a lot has changed this year, so I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So only a couple more events for FLW. Bassmasters got several more. Coming up, 
Hopefully we can get them, get them, get them done. I feel like I'm on bated breath with the entire tournament tournament schedule right now, and I think everybody that fishes them, you know, of course they they are too. It's it's really it's a uh, strange time guys strange time but just make sure you're watching as much bass fish you can supporting the guys and supporting the people that um support the sport for sure lots of bass fishing was watched this week i'm sure but we get i think there's a week off and then uh sandusky bay for the last flw regular season event and then uh the elites are at St. Clair, which they had a BFL at yesterday, and they smashed. It was like 25, 24, 24, 24, 24, 23, 23, 23,000 pounds of smallmouth bass. They caught a lot of them. A freaking bunch of them. Thank y'all for listening, guys. That's my rants and rambling and mouth running for the week. Thank y'all so much for listening. I really, I, I, can't, I can't thank you enough. Uh, even if you don't like everything I got to say, thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching Show Up and Shut Up. We're going to get, hopefully, Game 5 filmed this week. We're going to figure out a way. I think stupid dumb Darian's losing his boat this week, so he may have to borrow a boat to get that beat down, we hope. Uh, but I, all the comments on that have been so much fun. Thank you all for watching, and the views have been great. It's been really exciting to see so uh thank y'all so much for that i really 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 appreciate that and uh hope y'all all have a great week gonna take you out of here with some bluxy blues be sure as somebody reminded me last week i forgot to say it i always like to say it be sure to hug your dang mama hug your mama's neck and uh until next time here's some bluxy blues see y'all next week North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. are where you think they are any one of these casts could be the bite it's the most exciting fishing that i know right here at hawks cave oh that's awesome experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer don't miss thursdays with saltwater experience brought to you by golden boat lifts every thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.